Hey, welcome to another episode of Banter with Jabisa and Tracy or Banter with Tracy and Jabisa. It is Saturday, April 24th, 2021, and we are so excited to be here. We are. Oh my gosh, 2021, April. Can you believe it? This this year is going by so fast. Just like the last two. Okay, so what we got on the docket today, B? Oh, we've got a lot on our plates today. So I know the last time that we had spoken, I was supposed to share with you guys the definition of filibuster. We had talked about gerrymandering. And yes, my very, very short version of it's cheating. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But filibuster, so filibuster, and it's funny, things that were in the news um, that we heard a lot about, like, Three weeks ago, nobody talks about it anymore. You know, we exactly. Were all, we were all talking about the filibustering yep. about a week or so. Uh, I'm sorry, about three or four weeks ago, and now no one says anything about filibustering. But not, and they're not talking about the um, insurrection on January the sixth, too. That was just over a hundred days ago. Everybody's talking about that. Crickets. Yeah. Crickets. Yes. So, but we still need to know what filibustering is. So, filibustering is a parliamentary procedure. Um, that was used by senators to prevent a measure from being voted on. It was um, an opportunity for the minority to get their um, their point across by talking. And at that time, you had to talk about the bill. Uh, well, no, you didn't have to talk about the bill. I'm sorry, but that was an opportunity to talk about the bill. Um, it was implemented quite a bit in the ni- in 19 in the 1950s and 60s in regards to civil rights le- legislation that had come up. And there's the famous. Um, um, Strong Thurman filibuster, where he filibustered for 24 hours. Um, he also dried himself up like a prune so he wouldn't have to pee. <laughs> Which is when you yep. think about that, when you say it out loud, how you you purposely stood and prevented the a vote, and that's what it really does is it prevents that's the vote of a of a, a, a bill. Um, yep. In regards to civil rights, it sounds now it sounds idiotic, but at the time it was what people did. Um, so the rules changed, and I'm not sure exactly when, to allow the Senate to run more smoothly. So instead of having to actually do a filibuster where you stand and you talk continuously for um, hours on end, you simply kind of triggered and said, we're going to do a, a, a filibuster. Um, and that would block a bill. And the filibuster was used um, quite a bit during the uh, um, Obama administration mm-hmm. to prevent things from happening. Um, then they made some changes. And so to end the filibuster, you have to have a cloture. And so the cloture ends and closes the debate. Um, and then there has to be, there's a 60 part vote. So 60 people have to agree that we're gonna stop the filibuster and that's called a cloture. And then they say that you can go no more than the maximum is 30 hours of the debate and you can't go any more than that. So, mm-hmm. it, so it's not endless. There is a way to kind of stop it. Um, right. But it's, it's a, you know, it, logically it makes sense because people should have an opportunity to share their views mm-hmm. on, or their opposition to a bill being passed. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think they've taken something that could have been meaningful and they've made it silly because you've got people reading recipes, um, sharing Dr. Seuss stories, you know, just to fill up time and space as mm-hmm. opposed to really have an opportunity to share your opposition to the bill and the reasons behind it. So, but that's what the filibuster was. So it was, the purpose behind it was thoughtful. The reason that people do it are petty. 
and that's what right. people are doing now. Um, yeah, now they're doing it because they have no good reason to vote against the legislation, which is why, in my opinion, they read wow. like the dictionary and give recipes because they don't have any good um, basis to not support the legislation. Exactly. Or they don't want to be honest about the reason they don't want to support it. They I might be helping some people part. that they don't really want to help and they can't say, I don't want to help the black folks. Or, but, or the white people. And, and that's yeah. the other thing, you know, we try to, um, we have a tendency to, to group a, a legislation or a bill that will benefit, you know, when you think about the civil rights movement, you know, well, the reality is, yeah, it did enable black people to vote but there were other groups of people who were also being discriminated against that got a chance to vote too with the protection of the federal government. So right. there's never been anything that's passed in the United States that has, I won't say never, there are few things that have passed in the United States that limit their help to just a single group. You know, it, and, and whatever single group it helps, it still ends up benefiting the whole entire nation. This whole, I don't wanna give, I don't wanna share, that people have, I don't understand, but that was mm -hmm. where the filibuster was. So it just slows down a, an eventual vote of something is what it does. It doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily prevent the vote, um, but it oftentimes slows it down. So that's what filibuster is. So okay. filibuster, we're gonna move on over to um, what's happened recently. We all know that the um, trial has ended and the verdict has been um, given. And surprise, surprise, Tracy, I didn't think it was going to be guilty. Jabisa, I didn't either. I didn't either. When those people were boarding up their businesses and stuff, I said, well, there's way to be prepared because I just knew that that was going to come back as an acquittal. I just knew it. I was hoping I would be wrong, but I did not feel that even with all of the evidence pre presented that the jury would have the bandwidth to find um, Chauvin um, guilty. So that's one drop in the bucket of justice. But I think we have to base that on our experience with the judicial system. I mean, there was right. no reason, even with all of the blatant evidence, you know, and yes. we, we both remember Rodney King. Yes. And, and, and there was a video recording of Rodney King where he was laid down on the ground and they were still beating him. And those, those gentlemen were not convicted. So you know, even with evidence that clearly shows that this is the person that is, is a victim, you can still look at that. People will still look at that and find the um, offenders not guilty. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, I, so I was, I yep. was surprised and it was not a moment of celebration by no means. Mm -mm. No, it was never a no. moment of celebration. It, you know, so many lives and, and even the, the officer who, who is, is found guilty. I mean, this, his life, his family's life, his, you know, all of these lives are harmed and damaged by that. Yes. So it, was, it was a, Tracy, a rare moment of justice. It was a very, very rare moment of justice. And you're right. His family, his friends, his lives, you know, everything's been altered irreparably. Like yeah. they're not getting any of it back to normal. So, you know, I don't want people to, you know, I, I, it was never a moment of celebration. Um, mm -mm. It was it was a, a moment of, of sincere surprise. It was yep. a moment of relief. Um, yes, that that the justice system worked. Actually worked. Actually, yes. Not for once, but actually worked. You know, it's a rarity that it does for us, but it's worked. 
So um, I so think that's the main thing, Jabisa, that it actually worked for for us. the murder of a black man. Yeah, right. Which it hasn't been the case in 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 many 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 years. So speaking of that, so the question was, you know, we were talking about that. How many and and we're aware because of um, the recordings now, because people can record incidents on their phone when you couldn't do it before. So I can't even imagine the number of blacks who have been killed at the hands of police that there's there's no means of um, evidence outside mm-hmm. of the witnesses who've been dismissed. So looking, going through and trying to see how many convictions there have been, there's only been a handful and it's only been of recent events where white officers have been um, placed on trial and convicted for murders of black people. So mm-hmm. an article in um, USA Today, um, there was another article that I, I was trying to get to, but I couldn't, but this was one of them that I found. It's literally a handful and it's only mm-hmm. within the last 10 years that you've had convictions of police officers killing blacks. So um, we have the um, Amber Guy- Geiger, Mm-hmm. We killed um, Botheme Jean. Um, yep. We had um, Damian Grimes. Um, the, the trooper was uh, Mark Bessoner. So he was convicted for his killing. Um, Laquan McDonald. Um, he was killed by Jason Van Dyke. And so he was convicted um, for his. And then Walter Scott. Mm-hmm. It's the last one um, that outside of what's happened recently. And that's just a handful. And that, and there may be a few more, but there's not that many. Um, if you think about the 60s in particular, the number of Blacks that, that were killed at the, the hands of police officers that were not, that we don't know about and, and the, the ones that people do know in, in local areas and small towns and, and there's nothing that has been done. Um, there was one in 1938. Um, there was a young African-American who was, um, his name was Barry Lawson. He was beaten to death by two officers, two or three officers. Um, it, went to, it went to court and the officers were found guilty and they were sentenced um, for 20 years in prison. And then it went to appeal. The Supreme Court upheld the conviction and then a year later, the um, governor of Washington pardoned them. So, so you know, th- those are rarities. And even when it was upheld, the governor went behind Supreme Court and pardoned those officers. So mm-hmm. that's the significance behind this George Floyd um, conviction is huge. So one of the things, you know, Tracy and I talked about, I was like, okay, now what? Yes, now what? What happened? So what did you say, Tracy? Well, I said, well, now what? So is, what is justice? You know, what? So that was for George Floyd's family. His murderer was convicted, but now what? I mean, I just don't see this one case um, changing the behavior of um, policing of Black Americans as a whole, because wasn't it the same day that the police officer killed somebody the same day as that verdict? It's either that was, same day or the next day where the they next had, day. had the young young gentleman was killed. Um, right. So there you go. Yes. And so I mean, said that said that wouldn't even we didn't even get to kind of relish the verdict 
before we're at it again. And then to me, it was like, like a slap in the face saying, all right, so yeah, y'all got that one verdict, but we still gonna do what we want to, you know, what we're gonna do. Or it's just not be mindful. Like, I don't know that I want to say that, you know, um, police go out with the intent of killing a, you know, a black person when they go for on a call. But my thing is that they don't stop to reflect. Like when they are dealing with white suspects, they all come in. I have not known of a case where a white suspect was not apprehended, arrested and got his or her day in court. Black people don't do that. Like no matter what George Floyd was doing or anybody that's been murdered, what they are doing, what crime or whatever is being perpetrated Every American has the right to face a you know, jury of their peers and have facts presented and go through the process. The police become judges, jurors, and executioners right on the spot. So that's, that's, that's I guess, where my thing is. It's like, if, if George Floyd were white, first of all, I think they would have put him on the ground anyway. They probably just talk to him and said man or whatever yeah but it's like why they don't take that same approach um approach right when they're dealing with with black folks there was a thing that was sent I my sister sent it to me I think um where uh officers had pulled over a white man in a truck he had stopped and they were talking to him and I'm not sure what was supposed to happen but the guy pulled off with the officer hanging on to the door the man's riding him down. Now, Jabisa, if any time, if you would have been excused to pull your gun out to take a shot at him or even tase him, that to me would have been a time to do so. Right. But they didn't. They didn't. The man finally crashed himself, I think. And they arrested him unhurt. Now, the officer may have been battered up, dragging on, along the side of the car. But see, that's my thing. I said, why that? Because clearly he was in danger. You know, they always say, well, I felt, I, I was, I felt threatened. Now if that officer didn't feel threatened being drugged on the side of the car down the road. I don't know what threatened is, but again, the white guy, the white suspect was apprehended without injury, taken to jail and he will get his due process. Right. So that, so that in turn leads to, um, what, um, what I looked up was in, was bias. Mm -hmm. And we hear implicit bias a lot. And so I was like, well, you know, let me look it up to see what it means. So implicit means implied, though not plainly expressed. And implicit bias is when we have attitudes toward people or associate stereotypes with them without our conscious knowledge. And in the United States, you know, from, well, when people say they're not racist, eh, it's hard not to have these biases. We, we all yes, have them. We all have them. Because mm -hmm. we get information, not necessarily from interactions with group of people, because we have a tendency to, you know, you know, cats hang with cats, dogs hang with dogs, gorillas hang with gorillas, you know, so mm -hmm. that we, we have a tendency to associate ourselves with the group in which we're most familiar with. So we all right. have these biases. And I think that there is a bias that, um, that white officers and white people have about black people, and not that they, they are even aware of it. You know, you right. might not even be aware of it until that very moment. And all of a sudden your reaction is something that you may even be surprised by because you have this implicit bias. So, you know, how you, we, you, you can't change hearts, but you, you know, you change the laws. 
but the reality is even with laws changing, it's, it's the conviction of um, George, George Floyd's killer is not gonna be a deterrent from officers killing black um, suspects. That's not gonna- Exactly. It's, it's exactly. kind of like the death, the death penalty doesn't prevent people from committing murder. It so does. If that was the mindset, then that's not really what's going to happen. But I, one of the things that will that has to happen in our um, training of officers is, and really in 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 education as well, and and probably in any job that we're working in, we have to address this this bias that people have, and how do we change that? You know, and and I'm 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 certain that I have biases, and I know that Tracy's certain that she has biases. So, you know, I rather acknowledge that I have it and work on not work on being aware of it and, and adjusting so that I can treat people fairly than just going around and acting like that, that that's something that's not real. But if you're interested in checking to see what your biases are, um, Harvard University has a project, it's called Project Implicit, in which you can take a test um, to measure your, your bias. And then what it can be is a learning tool. It could be a, a, a tool of self-reflection on, you know, maybe why do you have this, these biases? What experiences have um, contributed to these biases? And then maybe what experiences are opposite of these biases? And then what can you do about it? So it's called the Implicit Association Test. Um, you can type that in. You'll see Harvard. They are collecting the data. Um, and I'm not sure what, what they're going to do with it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... It's out there, and I think that that particularly, well, I can't even say certain segments of, a, of the American public need to do it. Everybody needs to take it. If mm -hmm. you work in service industry, you want to make sure you're treating people fairly. If you're working in education, you want to make sure you're treating people fairly. Yeah. If you're working in law enforcement. I mean, anytime that we're interacting with other groups of people, we have to make sure that we're treating them the way that we want to be, want to be treated in the way that we would treat somebody who looks like me. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I'm not going to treat you any different than I would my cousin, you know, or maybe, maybe I should, because I like my cousin. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she's a bad example, but, um, you know, my mama, you know, maybe, maybe she's our mama, but, but we want to be, we want to treat everybody the best and we don't, mm -hmm. you know, we really don't. We, 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 don't. we walk up and we see somebody and without thinking we've, we have had a number of things that have gone in our head and our body yep. and our attitude changes immediately yep. without even recognizing it. And so, right. so we have to address the implicit bias. Um, so there we, we're, there we yep. go. We, we've solved the problem. And, but to go back to what's going to change there, there have been some, um, and if you've listened to George Floyd's brother, who's, who's taking on this, this new role and this, mm -hmm. this purpose that, you know, he would not have volunteered for. Right. He otherwise had his brother not been murdered. He would not, he'd be doing whatever it was he was doing prior to this, but he's got this, this purpose. And so he has been talking about the George Floyd justice and policing act of 2020. Um, so it is, it was sponsored by Karen Bass, who is a badass. I do like mm -hmm. her. <laughs> um, it was introduced in June of 2020. And um, it, it, there are a number of things that, that, that the bill is um, proposing to do. They wanna create a national registry, um, the National Police Mis Misconduct Registry, because you can have 
police officers who have done some misconduct in one county resign and go to another county and become employed. So yes. you need to be able to track those people. You want to um, establish a framework to, pro to prohibit racial profiling at the federal, state, and local levels. Um, you also, the bill is also looking to um, have new requirements for law enforcement officers and agencies to include, to report data on use of force incidents, to obtain training on implicit bias and racial profiling, and to wear body cameras. So, and then there's, a, there's some other things that are included in there as well. So there, there are a number of things that this bill is trying to address so that when each interaction with a police officer is consistent across the board and that um, there are not groups of people who are being treated differently when, when they're interacting with the police officers. So it, it is a bill that um, has passed the house. So I'm not sure when it's going to make its way to the, oh, it's in the Senate. Okay. So um, no, it was in the Senate. Okay, so it's passed the House. It was in the Senate, mm -hmm. and we're just kind of waiting to see what happens next. So hopefully that will pass in South Carolina. Because I was like, well, what is what's South Carolina doing? So South Carolina has um, three representatives: um, John King from Chester County, um, Leola Robinson from Greenville County, and um, J. L. Johnson from Kershaw County have all proposed a bill that um, has a police brutality citizens, citizens review committee. That's a lot to say, police brutality citizens review committee. So basically what they're trying to do is establish these committees in each county that um, documents incidents of alleged police brutality occurring within the county's jurisdiction. And then there would be an independent investigation, just mm -hmm. a report, um, investigating incidents of alleged police brutality um, and just kind of have accountability, you know, have accountability and, um, and we, need to, we need to track things, you know, you need to find out what, what, what behaviors are happening so we can change those things and you can't do those things without um, tracking them. So that's something that is um, being sponsored here in South Carolina. And so right now it is um, residing in the House Committee, um, in the Judiciary House Committee, and you know, bills move slow. That's what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. They do. Bills move slow. Yes. So um, I'm learning about uh, progress about is our, very slow. Our government system. Um, yes. So, <laughs> so I don't know when <laughs> I'm, I'm going to keep track of it to kind of keep you guys abreast. Definitely of the George Floyd. Um, I want to make sure legislation, yeah. George Floyd Justice and Policing Act. I'm definitely going to keep track of that to keep everybody abreast of what's going on with that, so that um, hopefully those things will happen and, and those changes will be made, so that as you said, Tracy, each person can have their their due in, in court, mm -hmm. due in court. So that that's where we are. And then lastly, what I did want to add is that um, I think that was it. Oh, that's okay. All well, I think that's all the heavy stuff. So go, let's move on to your Black Lady Sketch show. That is my <laughs> new favorite show. Okay, first of all, let me just say, I absolutely love all the actresses on there. Um, Robin Phoebe is fabulous. She had, and I did not watch it on a regular basis because I am not a late night person, but she did have a late night show on BET for, I want to say two or three years. Uh, um, so she's been at, she's been in the business for a while and, um, Issa Rae, I think her, 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 um, 
she does such a good deadpan. Like she doesn't show a lot of emotion. Right. It's really great. Um, and then the, the guest appearances that they have of various people. It's, it's just a really great show. And it's so great to, to get our perspective. Yes. Um, yes. And, and so I was watching, I was online watching some of the first season and the, um, the black court lady one was really good. And where the judge is black, the um, officer's black, the um, stenographer is black, the <laughs> both judges are black. And I mean, the both lawyers are black and they're like, Taking a selfie, <laughs> it was it was really and, and and really that's how you feel, yeah. You know, and, and you're like you're like, <laughs> so um so that so that was really funny. And then um, which is going to segue into our talk about black businesses. But they had one where they went to a black diner and they went to support the black diner, and you know they were all excited mm-hmm. and like you know they're going to give them a four or five they're going to give them a five star when they leave there and <laughs> and um. And, and then the black diner was just bad. It was just a bad black diner. Um, they had to seat themselves. They couldn't get no sweet cold iced tea. The, the tea was hot. They couldn't get iced tea. Um, they had to bring their own silverware. It was just a hot mess. Yeah. Um, and, and so they were trying so hard to support the business. You know, <laughs> it's like, it's okay. It's okay. You know, we don't need cold tea. <laughs> good for you. You know, they were doing you know, silverware is all right. We don't need silverware. <laughs> this food gonna be good. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. It was funny, but it, you know, sometimes I feel like it's true. I I think we it's- we have to. I think we experience black businesses and go uh, white businesses and go back. Mm-hmm. And we experience a bad experience with a black business and we would talk trash about them and and you know we don't my one of the things my husband would say is we don't tell them what the experience was so that they can make adjustments or correct it mm-hmm. you know we just talk bad about them so yeah and that's not fair because you know clearly they don't know or if they do know then they maybe they think it's okay so you, we do need to communicate that so that's what we're going to do going forward if we go to a black business and have a bad experience. We're just going to tell management so that they can do better. Look, I really want to support you. So, but there are some things that I see that you can improve upon. Just a suggestion. <laughs> Cause I do. I want, I want to give you my economic support. Yes. I want you to one day holler, hire somebody I know, and I need you yep. to stay in business so that you can do that. Right. Um, so yeah, I think we have to. And then, and then the other thing we have to do is when it was a great business, we got to tell people. We do. We yes. got to tell people if you went mm-hmm. to this business and it was a great experience, you know, um, one of the things that I do as a, li- as a, as a librarian is when I have a, a author visit, I make sure I let people know this, mm-hmm. this person was fabulous. You know, he mm-hmm. was really active. It was engaging. The kids really enjoyed them. I want people to know because I want that person I want other people to have that same experience. But mm-hmm. I think that they need to know that this person was really good. So I, you know, I try to make a point of, um, we had a Japanese storyteller who was fabulous, mm-hmm. absolutely fabulous. And I gave him a rave review. You know, uh, mm-hmm. um, we had an author visit um, recently. We did a virtual author visit, which to me is really, I was skeptical, but I did it anyway. And I okay. gave, um, I gave our, the author, you know, I made sure I share it with the other librarians how good he was you know I need you guys to know that so if you're considering 
for an author visit, you know, this is someone you don't have to research and wonder and, and you know, sometimes you pick somebody and you just don't know it's a crapshoot. <laughs> like, oh, please be good. But, you know, he was really good. So, so we have to praise and we have to sing the praises and we have to share with everybody that we know to, mm -hmm. um, to drum up business and share with white people. You know, white people got to, you know, they buy stuff all the time. And so they need to be aware as well. So that leads yep. into our... Black what? business feature. Black, okay. <laughs> Black business feature today is a brand new young entrepreneur. Um, Ryan Allison launched her business yesterday. How old is Ryan? 10? Ryan is in, she should be in sixth grade? No, she's in sixth is, seventh grade. Oh, no, is it's, she? She had a, she Oh, okay. Well, I know Ryan, Ryan as well. <laughs> yes. Well, she started, launched her new business, online business yesterday, and it's called Schoolies, um, www.schoolies.com. So that Schoolies is, um, she sells unique school supplies. And she um, thought about this because, you know, with the pandemic, you know, kids have been working from home and with the um, every with plans to for everybody to go back in person. Ryan just thought it would be good to have some neat little school supplies and inspirational school supplies. She's got inspirational pencils. But if you want to take a look at her website and support her, I'm sure she would be very appreciative of her hard work because launching a business that there was paperwork, she had to get a business account. And of course she was too young. So her mom had to, you know, be on the account. Because <laughs> now, and let me just say, cause Ryan attended the school where I work. She is a go-getter. She um, is. She's a, a bright, she's a bright young lady. And so I'm really excited. And then Tracy, I'm going to have to figure out how we can actually put um, uh, the, the black businesses that we mentioned website or Instagram or whatever information so that people can, I know if you're looking at it, if you're listening, you're not sitting there with paper and pen yeah so you may have missed that website so we're gonna i'm gonna have to work on that and figure that out how to um include that information because we feature some really great black businesses yes we do so you know we want you guys to be able to support them and particularly if it's not a local business if it's something that you can have access to on the web we want you to be able to um, support them on the web and i know that they would appreciate your support as well and mm -hmm. since she's such a young girl, and I imagine this is going to be yes. many, she'll be a serial, what they call it, a serial a business entrepreneur. Yes, serial entrepreneur, right. <laughs> Which yes. means that you have lots of businesses. Yes. <laughs> so I'm excited for her. I really am. She, like I said, she's a great young lady, and um, she's going to do wonders. So I'm sure we'll hear more about Ryan as time continues. Yes. Um, yeah. So please consider supporting her. Um. What else we got, Tracy? We're near the oh, end, aren't we? Uh, yeah, well, Earth Day. I want to talk about Earth Day. Earth Day was um, Thursday, April 22nd. And uh, Earth Day started as um, an idea for the purpose of it was to honor the earth and the concept of peace. John McConnell, who was a peace activist, started that back in the 70s. He wanted it to be, I think, in March oh. in the 70s. And um, he, you know, it, they, it, 
So the first Earth Day was April 22nd of 1970. And it included a wide range of events. It was just in the States, but since then it's ballooned to 193 countries and a 1 billion participate um, in some form or another. So that's good. But I remember when um, Earth Day was introduced to when well, I really paid attention to it. Allison, my 29 year old now, was in the third grade and she came home and she was telling me that, you know, she's an earth buddy and we were gonna recycle, you know, um, ba um, plastic bags, cans and stuff. And that's when I really seriously started recycling because Allison was serious. You know, they were telling young children that time that, the, you know, the earth was, it's gonna be in some trouble soon. And I thought, I said, oh, that's so cute. And we did our little recycling <laughs> stuff, but now it's become really serious. I mean, you see the weather patterns changing and all this stuff happening, the ice, Bergs melt, the sea levels rising, yep. the pollution in the air. Yep. It's really serious. Before it was a cutesy little thing to do. But now I said, it's serious. We all have to take protecting the earth seriously. Um, and so there's uh, the Earth Day has a website, of course, earthday.org. And on their website, um, they have different things like the, the six things that they're focusing on is climate action, science and education, people and communities, conservation and restoration, and plastic and pollution. Um, the website has stories, how you can get involved in your community, you know, find local things, ways that you can get involved. They have a link to donate money because these organizations always need our support. And of course, merch, merchandise <laughs> 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 to buy. So I was, um, trying to be purposeful, Javis and I were talking earlier um, that, you know, with all the, every time, you know, I go to the store, I always leave with the plastic bags. So my, I'm being mindful of that. I purchased my first Earth Day reusable bag. I had one before, but I was telling Javis, I don't even know what I did with that. I don't know if I, you know, put some clothes in it and donated to Salvation. <laughs> I'm not sure, but I've got one now that the next time I go to the grocery store, I'm going to have my own bag. And, you know, you don't see very many people doing that. And so, you know, I don't know if it's like the, you know, peer pressure, like, I don't want to be the, I don't know. I, I don't know, but I'm too old for that. I can, I'm old enough to do what I want to do. I want to save the planet, even though I'm not going to, you know, be here a hundred, 200 years from now. I want, you know, my um, offspring, offsprings, grandchildren, great grandchildren, so forth. The gener future generations, mine are not mine, to have a clean, safe, place to live so I've got my little bag and I am the next time I go to the store I'm gonna be armed and ready with my little bag so I'm that's my that's my I put it leave it in the car I, it's in the car that way I won't say dang it's sitting in, you know in the house on the on the um on the counter, on the counter. <laughs> I've got it I've got it in the car and um, I think we are rounding it up. I just wanted to put a plug in there. LeVar Burton gets to host Jeopardy July 26th through 30th. Yay! I believe I signed, you know, they had a petition online and I did sign that petition. So I feel like I was instrumental in that. Well, congratulations. I, I do follow LeVar Burton on Twitter. I'm, I'm sure he doesn't realize that because <laughs> he has lots of followers. But I do follow yes. him. And every now and then he says good morning and good night and happy Saturday. And I say right back at you. Uh, right back at you. So, uh, 
but I'm excited for him. We we have been kind of off and on Jeopardy watchers, and so we we watch Jeopardy and get excited when they have the black questions, and then I was like, oh, finally! And then I get black it wrong. I was like, oh my god, I can't believe I got that wrong. My one moment, my one moment. Um, so. <laughs> But I'm excited. Well, I told our, you another implicit bias, thinking that all black people know everything black. Well, no, they well apparently they didn't think the white people knew it either. Which is it's funny. Sometimes they'll have a black question, and like in all the contestants, <laughs> you can count, and they really need to work on. I don't know. I don't know why black people don't go on Jeopardy. Why do we not go on Jeopardy? Although I, I can tell you, I can tell you why. Over I years, I think it's been more. It's I've seen more contestants in the recent years than I had, you know, in the, when I used to watch it years ago. But it's still so very few. I mean, it is. Yeah. You know, every, what, every six months, you might see a black person on there. Mm -hmm. And we've never had a black person be like a huge winner of money. Although Mm -hmm. honestly, a lot of the topics I could care less about. So (laughs) that's why it's called Jeopardy. (laughs) Symphonies. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, not my thing yeah <laughs> not that would not be in any of any random facts that i would know yeah so um but yeah, i i think if they made it i don't know what they could do to make it make blacks be more interested in it we own family feud though oh honey <laughs> yes we do yes i know is, i've seen it i've seen it like family- when they have two fa- black families against each other i'd be like whoa <laughs> But wait a minute, we watch Family Feud too many times and, and you give these very logical answers to the questions and it's like, bong. I was like, well, who are they serving? They are serving people at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> Those are not exactly, you know, well, you know, not to stereotype or implicit bias, but I don't know that those are your Rhodes and Einsteins. Those aren't, they are definitely not the Jeopardy lined up folks where they get those questions from. Well, my but they're like people at the mall that probably like busy, you stopping them to ask them a question. I'm going in here to pick up my makeup and I don't have time. And they just say stuff, stuff. I'm not sure. But yeah, I've seen that too. I was like, that doesn't, what? And you know, some of the answers at the end, when he turns it over, you're like, what? You know, <laughs> that was dumb. That was dumb. Although yeah, mother, that's yes. Yeah, he said I would never do I, well. I, I said that's my. because <laughs> so you're too, you're too logical. We have to find a show. Uh, yeah, give us a happy medium, something between Family Feud and Jeopardy that we could really master. <laughs> that would be that is the, that. Well, you know what, Tracy, we're gonna think on that one. That might be our money maker right there. <laughs> we'll have to come up with that game show. I love that idea. A little bit of something historical and meaningful, and then some some just kind of random questions that people survey on. Yeah, there we go. We're gonna think on that one. We're gonna give that one some thought. Anyway, so that was a lot. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thought. Okay, so that was a lot. Yeah, well, hold, well I'm gonna finish with my quote. I'm um, keeping with my Earth Day theme here. Mother Earth is a living organism too. Love, honor, and respect her. <gasps> Oh my gosh, now I feel really bad because we have been treating her like a, a bad husband. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yep. Oh, yep. now I feel real. We treat her like the other woman. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Mother Earth, I'm we so just, sorry. We treat, we treat her like a side piece. <laughs> <laughs> we got to do better, Tracy. We got to we, do better. Well, we I'm do. Gonna, well, we are trying. Let's be purposeful and mindful and try to you know do better with mother earth 
And with that, we bid you adieu. You got to say it twice. I'm sorry. Mother Earth is a living organism too. Love, honor, and respect her. Until next time, good night. Bye. Bye. Thank you.